the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at BankofAmerica.com. I am here on the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books and Bank of America with Steve Strauss. He's the best-selling author of the book Small Business Bible and just wrote an article for USA Today called Tricky Halloween Season Can Be a Treat for Small Businesses. First of all, Steve, tell us about the story for how long has Halloween been a significant holiday for small businesses? Well, first of all, Greg, thank you for having me. Great to be here. Love the show and happy to be on it. Um, you know, yeah, I was talking to my editor and we were you know, talking about upcoming events and you know, always trying to make the the column timely. I've been writing it for a long time, and Halloween was, you know, a little ways away. And we start talking about Halloween. It turns out Halloween has changed significantly, you know, especially in the last ten years or so. I mean, well, look, it'll not to date myself too much, but it will never be the holiday, you know, it was when we as kids ran rampant over hills and dales, and you and know, made no our own costumes out of junk, right, and, yep. you know, in the it, garage or what have you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's increasingly, you know, interestingly become a adult holiday in a lot of ways. I, I saw this one statistic that said since 2009, Halloween spending by adults has doubled from about $4 billion to you know, almost $10 billion, actually, almost tripled. Last year, half of all, half of all adults bought Halloween costumes. <laughs> and I love this stat. You know, 20% of us plan on outfitting our uh, pets. In Halloween costume, so it's definitely well, the whole changed. Pet market, be- that's a whole other. That's a whole other conversation we could have. Right, that is a fast-growing market as well. I understand. Uh, absolutely. So yeah, I think it's definitely changed, and it's for the small business person that that presents an opportunity, and so that's what we tried to cover, you know, in that column. Well, so my first question for you, Steve, given how much Halloween spending is growing, particularly amongst adults, is here's my big question. How come I'm getting invited to the wrong parties? <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask yourself that question. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but in all seriousness, I mean, there's a chart in USA Today with your article that shows spending in 2005, 3.3 billion in 2005, in 2018 projected 9 billion, so tripling in 13 years. That's a pretty exciting market. If I own a small business or I'm an entrepreneur, I want to take advantage of that. So what kinds of things do I need to know? And I'm glad you published this a little early. You mentioned it being a little early. But the fact that it's early gives me a little time as a small business owner to actually take advantage of the lessons in your article and and maybe not plan something that's a bad idea. So let's talk about some good ideas first. Sure. Uh, You know, there there really are all sorts of things. It's just the idea of getting into the holiday spirit, and this is a great holiday because it's a non-denominational holiday. Everyone who doesn't like Halloween, right? So decorating the store, even the office, in some Halloween decorations, for example, is a really easy thing to do, adding a little orange and black to the windows or putting pumpkins on the stoop, whatever the case may be. You know, just right, and going to a party Halloween. store to find great decorations is also, I mean, that's an hour of time, but it's going to make a big difference. Well, yeah, and then you know, and then you're you're creating kind of a culture and a vibe around your store that it's a fun place to be. And you know, of course, it applies to a retail store, you know, for sure. But it can also apply to an office. I mean, you want to also the other advantage of it is besides getting your customers excited and maybe giving them a reason to come shop with you if you want to start stocking supplies that are maybe a little Halloween oriented. But beyond that, you can just 
created a culture in your in your office that that allowed people to have fun. So maybe some of your employees dress up, and you have some decorations in the office, and people who come into your office, you know, also are in the holiday spirit. It creates a nice, happy thing. People like happy offices, and happy offices create happy employees. Happy employees create happy customers. Happy customers are repeat customers. So it works all the way around. What a beautiful recipe you've come up with there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's. I was actually visiting a friend who is in the medical services. So in a sense, retail in the sense that they have medical professionals and, and clients or patients come to visit. And what they were doing that I thought was really fascinating is they're having the medical staff and the office staff have a pumpkin carving contest and the clients get to vote in advance on who will carve the best pumpkin. So that's a great idea. I love that idea. And aside from making it festive and fun for the customers and all, all of those things, it does double duty as something that you can post on your social. You, you know, you have this great pumpkin carving contest and then next thing you know, it's on your Instagram page or you, you know, on your Facebook page. And you're getting even a little more uh, love that way from it as well, I suppose. Well, and in fact, they're even leveraging it in social media before Halloween and before the pumpkin carving contest because they're promoting it in social media now. And people are actually betting and it's becoming a rivalry. Uh -huh. and it's kind of good natured competition, which is also great in in social media to build some anticipation and excitement and get attention. So it's worked out really well for them. And I, th I think even the people in the contest who are carving the pumpkins are, you know, kind of sharing little teases of their designs and things like that. So it's got a lot of leverage leading up to Halloween. And then, of course, they'll have the leverage afterwards and, and the engagement with the customers. I think that word that you just use, engagement, is so key. When we talk about social media and when we talk about using social media to promote your business and, and get get some attention to your business, the word we use is engagement. Well, what is engagement? You don't want to just tell people, oh, I'm having a sale. You don't want to just talk about your business. But if you're having a contest, it's a nice thing to, to be sharing and doing and uh, you know, posting the pumpkins or posting the costume contest. And in, while people are paying attention to you, it's not show-offy, it's not salesy, and so it really works to create some social media love, I think. Yeah, and the interesting thing about this contest is it's actually two contests because there's the, the pumpkin carving contest, and then they're getting the, the patients or the customers involved by letting them, in a sense, bet on who the winner will be in advance. So that's another contest. So everybody mm -hmm. has a way of winning here. So if I'm kind of a curmudgeonly person and I own a small <laughs> business, does it say something about me or have a negative impact if I do nothing for Halloween and encourage nothing either for my customers in my store or amongst my employees, even if we're in an office setting? I don't think it says something negative about you, but I think you're missing really a great opportunity. I mean, there is so much competition out there now for people's attention in the small business world. Uh, as I am wont to say, there's 30 million businesses in the United States, you know, 99% are small businesses, and that's not even looking at the online world. That's not even looking at the competition you face, you know, the Internet. And then getting people's attention and then getting them to find and choose you is increasingly challenging for the small business person. So a holiday like Halloween presents you with an opportunity to kind of stand out a little bit, to get some attention, as we were just talking about, to get people to pay attention to you, notice you, and if you really want to do it right, and if you have the kind of store that lends itself to this, then you start stocking some Halloween treats or themed items or themed products, and then you're creating another profit center out of the Halloween holiday. 
So it's an opportunity. I don't think anyone's going to think bad of you if you don't do Halloween at your store, but they'll think better of you if you do. That's what I see. Would you agree, disagree? Well, I think that's, I think that's really well said. I mean, it, it is a lost opportunity, and in business, can you afford to lose opportunity? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially no. given the, <laughs> the amount of money and enthusiasm we talked about, $3.3 billion in 2005, up to $9 billion in spending in 2018. Um, we're talking with Steve Strauss here on the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books and Bank of America. He's the uh, best-selling author of the Small Business Bible. He's written 16 other books as well. He's USA Today's small business columnist, so you've certainly seen him there. Uh, he's also a, a keynote speaker, an entrepreneur, a thought leader, a spokesperson. He's at MrAllBiz.com, at Steve Strauss on Twitter, and Steve Strauss on LinkedIn, as well as at The Self-Employed on Facebook. Uh, he's just recently written a story as one of his columns for USA Today. Tricky Halloween season can be a treat for small businesses. I want to change gears here a little bit, Steve, and I want to ask, what are the worst things you've seen or heard small businesses do to take advantage of Halloween? What could I do to really shoot myself in the foot? Because I want to make sure I avoid that. One thing you want to do uh, and avoid doing is you might, I mean, people like to encourage costumes, for example, at the store. But you have to have, I think, a limit on what you allow. And that's hard to do. You don't want to censor your employees. Uh, and nevertheless, you don't want them to wear something to a costume contest, or maybe it's the week of Halloween and you're letting everyone dress up, and that sounds, seems really festive. Uh, and then all of a sudden they come into the, into the store wearing something inappropriate in whatever way. Maybe it's political, or maybe it's religious, or maybe it's, it just uh, doesn't look right. Whatever the case may be, you don't, then you don't want to have to reprimand your employee, or you know, you're, maybe you're not there and mm-hmm. they're wearing this uh, at the store, and you know, your employees do, are part of your brand. And so the lesson here is set ground rules for people so they understand that these things are great. These are off limits. This is why they're off limits. Make it common sense and just tell them in advance so you don't have to correct them later. Ab- absolutely. And I do think that's the biggest mistake I've seen. Other mistakes people can make is not, not using social media right. You know, social media is a challenge uh, for a lot of small businesses. They want to use it. They want to, they know they're supposed to use it. You know, that message certainly has gotten through, but Figuring out how to use it effectively during a holiday, during a holiday like Halloween, you know, it can be the challenge. So it's not as much of a mistake as, again, when we were just talking about lost opportunities. If you are doing something within your store to promote Halloween, maybe you're going to even have a Halloween sale, you know, make sure you're using your social properly to get that message out there and you're sharing your costume contest and things like that because uh, it, it would be a ways to do those great things in the store in, in the other hand. And, you know, not share them and not getting the social media attention that you might be able to get out of it as well. I'm glad you brought up the use of social media, because when you think about a holiday about like Halloween, it's easy to imagine a retail store or an office where people are working together. So there's some physicality to it. But what tips can we offer businesses that are online or even B2B businesses who might want to use this not in a retail environment, but with their customers, even though their customers Maybe their customers are all remote. Are there things they can do as well, uh, starting probably with social media? Oh, absolutely. And, well, let's think about how we can use the online world to grow our business and then how, how Halloween might play into that. So one thing you can do is 
most of us have an e-newsletter. And if we're good with our e-newsletter, we're using the, the 80-20 rule. And, and the 80-20 rule in this case is you want to make 80% of your newsletter about your customer, about what they're thinking about, about what they're doing, or in this case maybe about Halloween, and 20% about you and your sale and your business. If you use that ratio, then you can use Halloween uh, in your e-newsletter. And maybe you create some Halloween-themed sales, or maybe you have some Halloween-themed content, or you found some content online that you just thought your customers might find interesting. You share it via your your e-newsletter, and then you use a Halloween template for your e-newsletter, and then you're all of a sudden part of the Halloween conversation. And I think that's really what we're talking about. We want to be part of the conversation, not be left out of the conversation. And it's not so hard to do uh, online. You can update your website with some appropriate decorations or sales or products or things like that. But I really think the idea of using your e-newsletter uh, as a way to get ahead and you know get attention works really well. We're talking with Steve Strauss. He's the best-selling author of the Small Business Bible. He's also USA Today's small business columnist, and we're talking about a column he wrote for USA Today. Tricky Halloween season can be a treat for small businesses. Steve, you actually gave me an interesting idea, which is, is. – and this is probably more for someone in the B2B environment, but yeah. what you might do is take your article from USA Today and send it to your customers – with the idea that, hey, did you know how big a market Halloween is? I wanted to make sure you saw this so you are thinking about how to take advantage of it for your business. Well, I think that's a fine idea. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I, I thought you might, but in all seriousness, sometimes our customers love it when they see we're thinking of them and we've identified something that can help them in their business, even though it has nothing to do with them buying something more from us. Malcolm Gladwell has a name for for what you're talking about, and it is connectors, right? Mm -hmm. And to, to be really good as a connector, to create tipping points in your business means that you're going to be sharing information to your customers that have nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with them. So this idea that you just shared that, you know, whether it's my column or any column or any kind of content, let's stick with your their column. business. Okay. So you take my, <laughs> great. I, I agree. That's a fine idea. Um, you take my column and you share it with your customers and here's, you know, if you have a B2B business and here's some ideas that you can use in your business, well, they're going to, they're going to love you for that. I, you know, and you can, certainly do that and it makes a lot of sense and and it's going to create goodwill and goodwill goes a long way in a lot of ways all right so we're talking about halloween it's kind of obvious right i mean it's a holiday that almost everybody gets excited about it it, it there's a opportunity for a lot of participation and engagement but i also want to kind of step back and talk theoretically about how do i think about and identify other opportunities like this for my small business. You know, Halloween's a national thing and everybody's participating at the same time. So, of course, you as the as the USA Today small business columnist are going to write about it because it's a big deal. But sometimes there's local events or local news that we can take advantage of as well. And do you have any tips for people so that they can just hone their ears and eyes for watching for those opportunities so they don't miss out on those? Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point, and it's a matter of being tuned into your community. So if you're not part of the local Chamber of Commerce or Business Association, I think it would behoove you to do that for all sorts of reasons. There's there's you know networking oppor- opportunities available, and there's business 
seminars that are that would be available. You're going to learn about activities that you otherwise may not know about, and then you can become part of that community. I mean, in the in the case of Halloween, because you know, here's one thing you can do: because kids now go to safe places to trick or treat. You know, one idea that you might want to think about is cr- using your store or your office, uh, your business, to become part of that. So you team up with other businesses in your area, and you decide that you're going to be a Halloween go-to place, and you're going to decorate. You're really going to decorate, and you're going to hand out you know, candy on you know, October 31st, and you're going to be a destination. And then you're going to, one, work with other companies, other businesses. You're going to make those connections. That's great. Two, parents are going to love you, and you're going to get the word out that you're going to be part of this community, and three, you're part of the community. So this idea of working with the community uh, on the very local level certainly reaps a lot of benefits. Well, and and to that end, a friend of mine with some small children just told me that she took her kids over the weekend, so really early, to a trunk or treat. I said, what what is is a trunk trunk or treat? treat? I didn't know either, but it was at a, it it was exactly following along with what you just said. A group of businesses opened up their parking lot for a trunk or treat. And the idea here, this might be a local thing just in my community, but you, the kids and the parents each decorate the trunk of the car. That's the trunk. And then they fill it with candy. The kids show up in costumes and they all run from car to car to car to car. But you know, it's, it's in a sense been vetted for safety. You know, it's a safe yeah. environment. You come and you park and there's no more cars. And, you know, I'm guessing it's all parents that know each other or are clients of the businesses. So you're not worried about, you know, any any candy problems or anything. And that would be a great opportunity for a company with a parking lot. And if you don't have a parking lot, you could certainly get together with other businesses and have a Halloween party that work the same way, but within your retail establishments. No, that's a very clever idea. I uh, wish I could I, claim I never... it, but uh, I'm just showing up to the next one for the candy. <laughs> you know, my my sweet grandfather had just, just apropos this a little bit had in his trunk this box called the Magic Box, and whenever he would drive over to the house and we'd see him, he we, he would open up his trunk and we'd open the Magic Box, and the Magic Box was always full of candy, and it was never empty. And I, you know, I guess. At, at eight years old, we never figured it out, but we thought it was the greatest thing we ever knew. You know, so <laughs> we were trunk or treating all year long with my grandfather. Little did your grandfather know that he invented right. trunk or treat. All right, we're yeah. we're talking with Steve Strauss. This is the heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books and Bank of America. He's the best-selling author of the Small Business Bible. He's USA Today's small business columnist. Uh, I want to ask one last question. You have such a deep background in small business. And I'm just wondering, away from the subject of holidays and Halloween, what is the single greatest piece of advice you could offer our listeners that you have learned about small business that you wish everyone who was a small business owner knew and knew today? I love that question. And I'm going to give you an answer, kind of like I can't. you couldn't take credit for Trunk or Treat. I can't take credit for this tip, but it's nevertheless the best tip anyone ever gave me. So one of the first books I ever read when I was getting ready to start my first business, and this is back when I practiced law. I, I don't anymore. Whoa, that, well, that, that, that came okay. from left field. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> Many years ago, I came to my senses. I don't practice anymore. But you know, my first business was my own law firm. And at the time, I was working in a big law firm in the big city, you know, quote-unquote making the big bucks, and I was big, big-time big unhappy. I really hated it. So I was trying to figure out how to venture off and start my own law firm. And so I read a book called Making a Living Without a Job by a woman named Barbara Winter. And 
it kind of just gave me the blueprint for how to leave the gig I was in and start what I really wanted to do, which was to be my own boss. And I love this book. And one of the things Barbara said in that book is you need to have multiple profit centers. If you're going to be successful in your business, whether you're going to be a solopreneur or you're going to have 50 people who work for you, you need multiple profit centers. And that is it's kind of like a stock. You would never just own one stock because that stock could go up and that stock could go down. You diversify your portfolio so that when one part of your portfolio might be down a little bit, the other part is up. But the same idea is true in our businesses. You want three or four or five different ways of bringing money in the door. So uh, in the case of my law firm, I started out doing a wills and trust practice, and then I started doing a bankruptcy practice, and then I started doing a little PI. I did a little bit of everything, but when you know one part was down, the other part was up, and that part was down, the other part was up, and it kept money coming in the door all year long. And I think for any small business, you know, I... I think it's one of the best things you can do because it's going to ensure your long-term viability. It's going to keep your business more interesting and more creative for you. You're going to have a more diversified client base. So to me, that's what I think works uh, best. If I was to give one tip, I think that's my favorite tip ever. And you know, it's really fascinating about that. Steve Strauss is, here's multiple revenue streams. <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, I think, you that's know, true. you're yeah. right? best-selling author, small business Bible. He's written 16 other books. There's 17 streams of revenue. Uh, USA Today, small business columnist, another stream of revenue. A global speaker, a keynote speaker. There's another source of revenue. Entrepreneur. So you probably have your fingers in other pies, entrepreneurially speaking. Uh, you're also a spokesperson. So you have multiple ways of bringing money in under the umbrella of Steve Strauss. His website is mrallbiz.com. It's M-R-A-L-L-B-I-Z.com. You can find him on Twitter and LinkedIn at Steve Strauss on Facebook. Oh, you'll love this. Now that you heard what you just heard, the (laughs) ex-lawyer is on Facebook at the self-employed. <laughs> it all makes so much sense now, sir. Thanks. I practice for, what I preach. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Thanks for talking about Halloween and things we can do and things we should avoid within that holiday and, and how to take advantage of other events and holidays around us. Thanks so much for being here. No, my pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me and, and keep up the great work. Thanks for listening to The Heartbeat of Main Street with Forbes Books at ForbesBooks.com and Bank of America at BankofAmerica.com.